Well, Kazimru Show! What is up, brother Kaz? Oh, uh, you know, I'm living the dream, living the dream. Just checking out some NBA finals. Started my uh, a little bit of a uh, uh, draft uh, kind of previewing, and uh, yeah, so uh, basketball, basketball, basketball. Yeah, uh, Victor Wembanyama, not good, right? Is that the conclusion you came after your your draft film watching? Well, I wouldn't go as I I, I, I didn't expect you to take I the bait here, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not done yet. Let's just say I disagree with the greatest prospect ever. Let's just oh, say you that. know what's you know. <laughs> I, I hate to to take a hard right right here in the open, and I'm not gonna. But um, cause you predicted. Well, I guess John Morant's stock isn't exactly as high as it could be right now. <laughs> but you did in the in the face of a wave of Zion or bust. <laughs> you did remind people there was a guy named John Morant that might be better. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, right now that that pick is sort of the, uh, and the little I've seen of Scoot, I I like me likey. Yeah, I, I like you a lot. Um, but it's interesting. I can't get the. I it's haven't done any film work. I, I can't get that yeah. dunk out of my mind where he just you know the three and the dunk and you know just all that stuff. It's yeah. We'll see. No, well, we got not, plenty of time to talk about that stuff, but it is a yes. basketball. I think it's a basketball utopia right now. Oh yeah. I have been uh, just sitting there watching, usually with a toddler on my head, and then I got to rewatch the game, um, <laughs> which is fun? Question mark. <laughs> it's sorta. <laughs> <laughs> I have I've I've I've, uh, I've uh, embraced the art of playing hide and seek but my my hiding place is like on the living room floor right in front of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> you know if you throw a blanket over your head then you really what do you think I guess you can't see the TV then. So. No 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 I just stick my head out. That's it's a perfect okay. strategy there and uh it works for me but um no I mean it's it's really beautiful basketball. Um uh, so we're going to go through we'll we'll go back in time a little bit on this series. Uh, Denver up 2-1. Miami got me a game, which I, I really appreciated for multiple financial reasons. And uh, that was uh, great, and it made it a series. And then last uh, game, Denver pretty much whomped them. And uh, we're back into the the Heat being big underdogs. Denver is minus 800 right now to win the series. So that's just like you know almost guaranteed favorite stuff. Um so we'll talk about that, and if we have time at the end, we will go over what's really been um, an impressive coaching news dump over the last week <laughs> or two. I, I, I mean, uh, just to preview it, I mean, you got Monty uh, Williams getting the bag. He, he got paid. Yeah. Oh, man, I love it. And uh, <laughs> then uh, you get Nick Nurse in Philly. That's hilarious. And uh, what else did we get? Oh, it was it uh, Adrian Griffin in Milwaukee? I wish I knew more about Griffin. I don't really know. We'll talk about that maybe if we have time. And then uh, probably the tastiest meatball of them all, Frank Vogel in Phoenix. Oh, and yeah. CP3's getting waved. CP3 getting waved. Yeah, that's a 
going to be interesting. So lots of stuff going on. Um, and uh, I guess since we brought his name up, John Morant's suspension is just lingering. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. So they said that they didn't want to mention the suspension. They didn't want to say what the suspension was because they didn't want to take attention away from the NBA finals. But I feel like anytime I turn on any sort of basketball thing, they're talking about the looming suspension. So they might as well have just done it and got it over with and had their little 36 hour news cycle and been done with it. You know? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get it, but we'll, we'll wait and see. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, Adam Silver. That was a that wasn't a very Adam Silver like move out of you. Um, but yeah, no, that's just lingering. And uh, oh, I, I guess if you're really into big news, uh, I saw some clip of uh, KG and Paul Pierce having a conversation about Paul Pierce's rented girlfriend uh, for a day. And What's that one? <laughs> I I I. I I was like, wait, is this a deep fake? Oh, probably not. Oh, that's just Paul doing Paul things. Uh, that's not big news. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> let's get into some serious nuts and bolts, X's and O's, NBA basketball. Because, I mean, it would be a, a shame for anybody to talk about anything other than this series. Um, I don't know. Um, let's start, I guess, your overall impressions of the series. And then if you want to go back as far as game one and talk about it at all, I mean, that's pretty much ancient history but it all plays into you know how the thing is going so uh, what's your overall impression and if you want to go back to game one and talk about game one i'm more than happy to do so uh, uh you know good basketball um i feel you know it's playing out a little um like i expected um good denver is really tough for this team to handle interesting you use that I'll footnote that one um, I thought that, you know, game two was a classic um, heat, Spolstra special, great adjustments, um, and then a real, just some huge, huge, huge mental lapses by Denver. Um, you know, just assignments and, you know, no communication. And it was really interesting because you could see them on a lot of the switches and whatnot. You could see that no one saying a word. I mean, just really fundamental stuff that you're yelling at the guy that you just met at a pickup basketball game for not calling out the screen or whatever. Um, just horribly unacceptable basketball. Um, yeah, Michael Malone lost it. Lost what? The game? No, he lost his mind. <laughs> I, well, I don't blame him. I mean, you can't you can't have as dependent as Miami is on the, the role players. You can't have Struess have such a bad game in game one and then just give him carte blanche to catch fire i mean after he hits the the, the second one, i mean that has to be in mind as a player that like we want to continue and you don't think about like making like moves to stop a max struce but if you if he's your assignment you have to understand that we want to bury this guy two bad games for him he's not coming back he's going to be useless for this series well, let's shout out kcp for that because he was all over the place with his defense meaning not in the right place <laughs> not in the right place not not yeah, all over the place terrible. but he was, he was uh, maybe the worst game defensively i've ever seen him play i would agree yeah it was that standout I mean, i'm glad yeah. you noticed that yeah, because I was, yeah, I was, thought was to was myself, awful. I was like, "This is not KCP." Like, yeah. I just there was one like one pass away double he made that it was like, "Man, what planet are you on?" And it yeah. was speaking exactly to your point. And with the Struess stuff, I mean, he by the time he went zero for six in game one, 
you know, you're, you're, you're like, okay, the guy's missing shots. This happens. Shooters go over six. It happens all the time. He's going to come back, but then they hit him with like four straight heave type shots at the end of the (laughs) shot clock. And that was feeling pretty bad for him. But then I, I, I immediately thought, okay, well, this is bad for Denver in game two because there's just no way a shooter, a good shooter doesn't keep missing. They just don't, you know, they come back and, and you're to your point, especially when they're right open. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, but to your point, if you, if you want to introduce the seed of doubt, you know, there, there are shooters, I guess they shouldn't make it seem so easy that they always bounce back. Most ones, most good ones do, but like, shooting slumps for shooting guards usually run like 20 shots you know it'll be like like bad ones two for 20 three for 20 four for 20 you know that kind of thing so you can get another bad game out of him right by introducing the seed of doubt um but that didn't happen and in game two they just um along with struce you know some of the other role players bounced back but um back to what you were seeing in this series sir yeah, um, I like, you know, Bam is, you know, I think he's doing the best that he can do against Jokic, really being aggressive on offense, um, which I think is, you know, good for Miami. Um, Porter seems to be falling into bad Porter a bit. Um, I thought he really got in the mindset if, you know, this, he's not there. A lot of players do this that are supposed to be scorers. You know, if they're not scoring, they it just they just don't make an imprint. And he's just too big and long to not really factor into a game. And, you know, when he starts to understand that, you know, hey, I've missed two in a row. Why don't I just go clean some glass and get an easy layup? Um, he's just going to be a way more consistent player. His highs and lows as a player are just way too, um, too much. I mean, he really had some heat check threes but the problem was he was never hot so um you know he's he's got to dial it in because those wasted possessions are a kind of thing that miami could you know capitalize on in, in on game four i was curious about this i was thinking about how this show was gonna go i rewatched um game three last night um without a toddler on my head and i was kind of laughing because it's like so many good players across the rosters and the game seems to just flow around. I mean, of course, you got your big pieces in Jokic and, and Murray and, and uh, Butler and, and Bam. And, and actually, those four are doing battle all the time within this game, right? Like, that's been the best part about this series, I think, is like you're getting two on two with those guys. And it's just yeah. really fun to watch. Um, but then on the, on the periphery, you know, you go down the list and each player sort of interacts with the game in their own way and it's it's very free flowy so it's there's not aside from that two-on-two matchup which is really super dominant there's not a lot of um ebb or or it's totally ebb and flow i should say with the rest of those guys and i was thinking man you know like should we almost just talk about every player and just kind of like how they are doing And, and with michael porter jr he really was bad in game two and then people were calling for his head in the first half of game three. Right. <laughs> and, and actually in game three, he started the game with a long two that was hilariously like, Oh man, you're falling into the trap. Don't fall into the trap. Michael Porter jr. And 
then he played really bad defense and everybody was calling for his head, blah, 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 blah. And then my thing, I think I said at halftime was like, look, you, if you're going to have Michael Porter Jr. on your team and part of what makes Denver special is when he's good, they become practically unstoppable. Yeah. And you kind of got to gamble with that. Like you're never going to put him on the floor and not have the risk of bad Michael Porter. You know, it's just sitting there. That risk is there. And then in the second half, I thought he made a couple good defensive plays. And I thought he used his size really well Mm -hmm. um, in that second half. Of course, nobody really noticed because, you know, Jokic and Murray are sitting there putting up 30, 20, 10 triple doubles and things like that. Um, But Michael Porter Jr., I mean, we talked about that in the last show. If you're Miami, you got to keep him bad. Yeah. That's like a prerequisite. Yeah, they, I thought I, I got I heard a report that, you know, somebody uh, I forget somebody from Denver says he really does um, poorly with, uh, you know, aggressive criticism, you know, <laughs> and so I can imagine that um, Michael Malone had some choice words for him during game two, which then carried into game three. It took him a game but and I, a half to get out of it. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, but that's, you know, that's something that, I mean, we're strapping on our big board pants here now. I, if, if, if that is in fact true, because, uh, you know, the guys were arguing about it and saying, well, he's got to learn how to talk to him. It's like, I mean, he's not calm and he's not, you know, you know what? Speaking though, the, out on his mom and stuff. I mean, like, dude, you, you, you're playing horrible basketball right now, and I, I don't have time to pull you aside and give I you wonder, a nice. Do you remember who oh, said that? Was that? Uh, this was a. Uh, I'm just curious are, which which which. Uh, Termini uh, and them, I think, were arguing about it. Termini and Eddie Johnson oh, were, were getting after it. And this was somebody okay. that Termini, one of Termini's sources. Oh, um, okay. I don't so, know. Termini's Termini's. You take it with a grain of salt, but like you know, it's not it's not unfathomable. That, that show is pretty hilarious, though. I gotta say, yeah, I, I love like, Eddie Johnson. I don't know how you feel about him. I love Eddie Johnson. Oh, I love him in the fact that he's just funny. I mean, he's not. I mean, <laughs> I could. I don't know. Some of his not like his analysis is like, you know, straight from a player. Like it literally, like his analysis comes through the view of a one-dimensional score you know who scored a lot of points in his you know 14 15 years like it really doesn't look the bar is not that high right like they just yell at each other i mean it's it's, i actually like him on tv too not that we're gonna gonna make this the eddie johnson hour he's better on tv than in in, than the podcast you mean during the games yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think he's much better during the games than he is than he is on the uh, show. And you know, I actually like the NBA um, radio lineup in, in kind of what I've been hearing lately. I haven't listened very much, um, but it's like uh, Isola and um, they're funny. Uh, Scalabrini, and then yeah, they're, uh, they're really good. <laughs> and then it, it uh, who's next? Oh, it's uh, Kamala and uh, Anthony uh, or Antonio Daniels. Yeah, they're good too. I like them. That's so you get actually good basketball talk somewhere yeah. for like a three-hour stretch, four-hour stretch. Shout out, Mr. Kama. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, well, I wonder about that because like Michael Malone is known for being a player's coach, but he's also known for telling them exactly what the problem is. And, like, and that's that. Anytime someone says that a player's coach, I've heard that. I've heard that that the same coach. 
be called a dictator or tough or whatever. I mean, it, it's almost like if they have success or not, that determines well, whether they're. I, what I'm, what I'm saying about Michael Malone is like that, that he is no like his players love him. Like, but it's like when he coached DeMarcus Cousins, he walked up to DeMarcus Cousins and basically told him, stop doing all this dumb stuff you do. And it was the first time a coach had walked up to him and said that, you know, and I think that's part of the Michael Malone, you know, experience, appeal, whatever you want to call it. Like, right. he's gone to Michael Porter, I'm sure, and put his arm around him. And, and, and I think these players are convinced that he cares about them. Right. Therefore, he can cut it to them straight. But Michael Porter Jr., I mean, let's be real, you know, in terms of the intangibles, he's right. never really impressed in that right. department. So if he was soft and couldn't take some Michael Malone criticism, which is probably the, the, the softest, tough criticism you're going to get, you know, that wouldn't surprise me. But I just think an agent is out there dropping information to people, making excuses for Michael well, sure. Porter Jr.'s play or something. Right. You know, um, but it's just funny that it's funny that that would be considered an excuse. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like that. That that's what shocks me. If if that's your play, is to say, well, you know, his feelings got hurt. That that's not that doesn't look good. I mean, that that's not that's not good. I'll say this: I think both he and Aaron Gordon have really just I'm talking about a landing spot for these two players. You know, Michael Porter Jr. could just have not flamed out, but like in another location where all the kind of stupidness, you know, could have been just completely metastasized and, and, you know, he could have gone down that road. Imagine if he was in Atlanta or something. Yeah. Like just a really bad organization. <laughs> like, sorry. Atlanta. Hey, how do you think he would have done with Nate McMillan towards the end? <laughs> oh my God. That would have been, they might have actually come to blows on the sideline. <laughs> He and Trey dueling. Him and Trey against Michael against Nate McMillan. I mean, but so he gets. I mean, Jokic is the Jokic and Jamal Murray and and Murray. I'd love to just kind of learn more about because you know Denver small market. You don't really get all the backstory there. Um, you know, he's been injured a little bit, and you know, sometimes his game. I, I go, man, what are you doing? Because everything you do is is really high level, and then you'll just kind of dog it on defense for a play. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> this doesn't seem like you. Because he does play hard, and he's made some pretty good defensive plays in this right. series. Um, yeah, he's... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of – I thought he was a worse defender than this. Sure. So I'm actually – you're right about those plays he takes off. But overall, he's a pretty solid defender. And so you got this kind of triumvirate of Jokic, your, your two best players, and, and probably the best player in the league. Um, I'm pretty. I think I'm ready to update and just flat uh, yeah. out say Jokic is sure. the best in the league. Um, sure. I, I don't know if I made that update anywhere, but I'll make it now. Yeah, um, you, yeah. You, yeah I could give him that. I had Giannis coming into the season. I could give him that. And I, it's so weird, like the whole couple of the MVP race. Like I had Embiid winning it last year. I had Giannis winning it this year, and I had Jokic winning it the 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 year before, two years ago, or three, I guess three years ago now. So, um, but uh, yeah, as I, of right now, I, I think the the big thing uh, as we're sort of spinning around topics here is the the shape that Jokic is in. I'm I'm just kind of like yeah. I feel like we view him in that fat doughboy kind of you know sort of way where he's just like that. But he's not. 
he's if he was getting drafted today you know you would be like what the hell this seven footer is quick and he's strong and he's long and oh by the way he does everything that you need on a basketball court and um you know i mean people would be talking about him way better than Wembenyana, i would think you know yeah, he's you know, yeah I, he's I grand he's an he, older player but yeah i think you i think some of that was fair you know for a couple even a lot i'll give last year because i think that not having murray in the playoffs probably put a little too much on his plate um but i've definitely over the last you know three years have seen a guy that in in tough competition can fade in the fourth quarter but that is just simply not the case right now no no and the way he runs up and down the floor i mean it's it's they just cracked the whip and said hey man whoever they is it could be he talking to himself it could be his brothers riding on their horses coming in and being like hey we're gonna drink and you don't get to drink and you gotta (laughs) eat right it could be michael malone getting with him but i really think he's got this competitive drive that you know it 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 rivals that of you know the greats that we've seen and so he's just like i gotta do it yeah i think that the 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 first step um for any great um big is gonna be just how often that they run the floor hard because because you you run the floor you don't run the floor really for anybody on the court you run the floor hard for your teammates if you're if you're only running the floor when you think you're gonna get it, it's you're not it's it's not gonna work out. I mean that that's always like a key that I look for for championship basketball is how hard everybody's running all the time, and and, and he's doing it, and he's doing it. He is he's it, definitely doing it. He's it, that's a great point because especially when your leader and the best player in the league is playing that hard, you know there's just no excuse for anybody else. No. No. I mean, you're you're just like on an island if you're not playing hard. And right. the the other thing that kind of ties into what I saw a lot of in game three is, and you mentioned this in the open, is good Denver is practically impossible to beat, you know, at least with the teams that we're talking about right now in the NBA, especially right. the Miami Heat, you know. Yeah. It, they And so Jokic, what exemplifies that is he runs down the floor on a whatever random play, you know, just a random miss, you know, there's some cross matching and he's wherever he's at in the court, he just turns and runs like a sprinter and he's going down and he's pinning a, a defender down in the paint and they're getting the ball to him and it's two points, you know, or yeah. whatever comes out of it. And there's nothing you can do about it. Like you couldn't say that the ball was going to get rebounded and the trajectory was going to go that way. And you know, that you were going to be able to kind of deal with that. Like it right. just, a thing that happened he ran he took advantage of the outcome and you couldn't stop it because he's seven feet he's strong he's fast he can shoot he can pass and you know it's like i'd rather him take that shot than a wide open three from somebody who shoots 40 percent. right i mean he i remember like you know the in the prime shack kobe years i you know everyone always you know all the teams had to like get their four or five centers so they could foul the crap at them but what was always amazing was how many fouls he got on the guards, especially in those running situations, because he'd eventually wear out the center who was covering him, and he's still running hard down the cart, so who's got to pick him up? Some teeny little guy. And so you know what the outcome's going to be when he's you know four feet in front of the hoop on a fast break. So Reggie Miller or whoever the guard 
that happened to be playing hard has to foul him. And it just has such an effect. I mean, it, it opens up everything when your big is running. It opens up threes for other people, Guy, you know, the guards that are in the right position. You know, that massive man is moving down the court. You You have to come in a little bit. You lose sight of your guy. Now the guy you're covering now has a backdoor layup. I mean, it's just uh, it's just tough to deal with. There's as I've been betting this series, um, you know, the, the the overwhelming thought process. Uh, and actually, by the way, I did bet on the Heat in Game Two because I did think it was like six or seven straight wins for Denver. I was mm-hmm. like, if this team's ever going to get high on the horse, this is. This, this is the is game. The game. <laughs> I, I mean, everybody's talking about them like they're inevitable and Miami is, you know, just sitting there. And then they had had, I think it was something like three of 20 something for like, um, it was, uh, that was a tough stretch. Yeah. It was, it was Vincent and, um, Struess and, um, Caleb Martin was was kind of um, this isn't a Caleb Martin series. He hasn't played bad, but you know it's not, bad. But you know, yeah, it's just it is what it is. It, it's Denver, you know. So if you have a Jokic that's engaged, that's you know, like the last two three years, Jokic that is at what we've described as his physical level and his his intensity, and you, I, I can I consider him a good defender. Like, I'm, I'm not going to go over the moon and be like, he's just unstoppable defensively or anything like that. He's, no, he's a good defender. He's a and, good and defender. Know where, he knows where he's supposed to be, and people, they funnel him to him in the right spot, and he's not always switching out on well, you stick him next guys to, that can blow by him. It's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah. You stick him next to Aaron Gordon, and if, you know, uh, Jamal Murray is, is defending, he's defending Jimmy Butler straight up and doing just fine, in my, my opinion. Um, sure. Then you go Bruce Brown... You know, KCP, like, yeah, nah, Caleb Martin's going to struggle against that configuration. Um, yeah. And I'm shocked, not shocked, but, you know, that that Miami has really been able to score as well as they have, even though last game they only hit 37% of their shots. Like, yeah. um, you don't look at a Gabe Vincent and go, that guy's going to beat you, you know, and I'm a huge Gabe Vincent fan. Right. Um, Struess, kind of the same thing. You know, Duncan Robinson has had his moments um, yeah. throughout the playoffs, but like these aren't these 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 aren't players that you know. I would think like the Denver Nuggets could shut them all down just straight across the board. Um, you know, if they wanted to. Yeah, it's not the best matchup. I mean, defensively you know, though, um, <laughs> scary team. Miami. Um, what was I trying to say about game two there? Um, they Denver let up. Jimmy Butler got aggressive. And and I think that we saw that in game three as well. So some things, you know, some the prerequisites for Miami to, to have success here. Uh, Jimmy Butler has to be aggressive. Michael Porter Jr. has to be bad. I think these two things need to be true. <laughs> they um, they move. They did their Kevin Love move in game two. Yes. I thought that was going to happen at some point in time. And then in game one, early, they, they were getting punched in the face and they didn't go to Kevin Love. Yeah. And it, it felt to me like they didn't go to him in the, the turn of quarter one to quarter two. And, and it felt to me like Spo saw this game getting out of hand early and was like, OK, I'm not going to pull the, the handle on this move in this game. 
because I don't think we're going to win it. And um, so Kevin Love didn't play. Right. And so then in game two, he plays and it looks great and it works and, you know, rejuvenated the team. Um, and then game three, it didn't work. I, I, Kevin Love was, yeah. he was just getting crushed defensively out there. He was, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's all about justification. I think if you, you know, he's got to hit a lot of shots. Uh-huh. Offensively, you know, offensively, Kevin Love has to, for, to justify him being out there, Kevin Love has to hit a lot of shots. He's going to have to score. Two of five you know, in game three. Yeah, he's going to have to. more. He, he, we need a lot more, you know, and so that's, you, you know, you're, because it, it just, you just, at some point, you know, when you're missing a bunch of threes and people don't like to talk, discuss it, at some point, they're just turnovers. <laughs> Live you know? ball. Fast, yeah, they're just, long they're just rebound li- turnovers. Yeah, they're, they're just live ball turnovers. So if you're gonna just do that, and then also not, and then also yeah, be a you know that doesn't get talked the- about at all. By the way, say again. That doesn't get talked about at all. The the live yeah. ball turnover aspect of the long rebound three. Yeah, you, you know it, it, it's and so it, he's he's just got. I really still think that that's the path, but he's just gotta. He's got to be an offensive star. Well, the fun know, thing about this is it almost doesn't matter because he can only handle 20 minutes in a game. Sure. You know, yeah. so it's like, where are you going to stick him in? I, I probably would start using him as like an emergency guy, you know, like, yeah, like if things are going well, cool. Hold him back. Save his save his reps, you know. Right. Right. And then if and it's, he's, he's prepared, it's not like, you know, he's not going to be you start him. He comes out. You know, he doesn't play for a while. He'll be ready, you know, whenever you put him back in. So he doesn't, uh, you know, have that issue where he's going to be, um, you know, pouting in the corner or anything like that, you know, so. A couple other things. He has zero chance covering Jokic. Like, if you were measuring can the Heat's <laughs> big bodies get in the way, you know, him, he and Zeller. Yeah. I'd definitely go Zeller over Love if, if defensive considerations are – any sort of an issue yeah, kevin's not getting you know it's one thing when they're the, the the thing about um their offense is a lot of times when they're when they're starting out with a you know normal half courts that you know got it out of the hoop and it's just they slide him a lot he's moving it's hard to like get your work done early right it's really hard to beat Jokic to the spot because he's usually on the move, you know, but like Kevin Love <laughs> isn't even remotely getting there in time. Like Zeller and Bam are working overtime to to get to that spot, you know, and to to beat him there and make him work a little harder, have to back down a little more. Even like when Butler switches on him, he gets to he gets to him before Yoki gets to this spot. And I think they got to do a little bit better on those those when he's when he, there's a switch and there's a small, they're letting Jokic dribble like seven times and then shoot and, no, and a double never comes. They cannot be that afraid of the three, you know. They've got somebody's got to come in and get help make him make the pass, make him make the next play. He, he's probably going to make it, but do it anyway. I would um, bet you see that adjustment because yeah. Spo he they don't miss that kind of stuff in film room. Right. Work. You can't you can't let him have that kind of a active 
you know, yeah. oversight. <laughs> he's, he's catching the ball at the free throw line with his back to the basket, and he's taking like six dribbles back in the dude down, and no one, everyone's but just. That speaks to the fear, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's the problem. What happens when, you know, it's like, it's all, this stuff's all momentum, you know, and the, the gravity or the, the, you know, the, the defensive attention hits a certain point, you know, it's, it's why when you have a bad defensive player on the floor, it's so debilitating to a team, you know, right. cause like when you get paranoid that whoever can't, you know, cover anything, you just stop doing anything well. <laughs> you don't get any aggression. You know, you're just like counting five options you need to cover instead of two or something, you know, it's bad. Um, but I do think that uh, for a team, if there is any team that can make a defensive adjustment and, you know, make a good Denver team think twice or maybe struggle a bit, keep the game close. I mean, you know, let's play some devil's advocate here. Gabe Vincent goes two of 10. Max Struess, another just terrible one of yeah. seven. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah. we're looking at. Three of 17. And, you know, I made a pretty big play. You know, Cause and Bruce show listeners every once in a while get some free wager pass stuff here. Hey, Cause, 16 and 7 in my last uh, 23 outcomes. It's not it's bad. Outstanding. That's a, I'm, I'm back on track, baby. Uh, but so I'm looking at that and I'm going three no, of 17. Three of 17. I love it, man. I love it. I've been in some crazy important meetings and had that same exact thing just going down and there's like nothing you can do about it. And if you resist, it's worse. You got to just take that energy and make it flow. Um, Sorry about that. Well, no, all good. Three, edit, three, edit, uh, three edit, of 17 out of Vincent and Struess. So that's got to bounce back. That's a concern I have. I'm taking Denver minus three um, in game four. And this this is to me i mean i think it's kind of obvious like you can't go back to denver 3-1 but um I, and just taking away the 3-1 thing you know everybody latches onto that and it is what it is like this team this miami team like i think they might their their spirit would be broken regardless of how many games are left in the series if they can't win this next one at home and Gabe Vincent and Max Struess going three, uh, instead of three of 17, going like 10 of 17, you know, or eight yeah. of 17, that would be five additional three pointers. That would be 15 points. That would have been the difference in, in this game. It'd be 109 right. to 109 instead of 109 to 94. Right. Um, Miami in that first half played them pretty tight, but again, right. it was good Denver. So they had zero room for error. And let's talk about Bam Adebayo. You know, you mentioned his aggression as a good thing. I think Denver is completely fine with him taking any jumper he wants. Yeah, I mean, they're fine. But, I mean, he has no choice. I mean, there's only so many times he could do a dribble handoff, right? I mean, I think, I think considering when he's taking some of those shots, or those percentage wasn't that great. Like, there was no, there was no other move. He can't swing it back out to... You know, to Struess to go one on one against a good defender. You know, I think that part of it is just the, you know, we talk, we talk about good Denver. Part of it is like, you know, 
they're so much bigger than Miami that I think that a lot of these shots, because I thought the second half, I mean, Denver's defense ratcheted up, but it still was, there was still some openings there where they were getting some good looks. But I think when you have to like be that diligent about your um, rebounding, like if, if all five guys aren't blocking out, yeah, they don't get that's, the rebound. That rebounding, rebound. 58 to 33. Yeah. What so, the hell is that? Well, it's, it's, Everybody's I mean, it's, it's a size difference. It's a size difference, but that is that's I, I, twenty-five additional rebounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was particularly bad. <laughs> that was particularly bad. But that that's a that's a thing on your psyche, and it, and it physically is draining to have to come in and do serious blockout and rebounding on every single. And here's play. the other thing. Now, I talked about the three pointers for the Heat, but keep in mind they only had four turnovers in that game. Yeah, that's the thing that 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 yeah, scary. I'm, I'm not as worried about the the bounce back from, you know, the guys that didn't hit shots in my in terms of my bet, because four turnovers. Yeah, that's that's something else. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the offensive rebounds were basically the same 13 to 10 Denver advantage. So the defensive glass. I mean, basically, if Miami turns it over 10 more times to to be a little bit more normal, you know, that's 10 shots that, you know, theoretically don't go up and don't go right to Nikola Jokic (laughs) 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 on the glass. Uh, But still, the disparities, there's a big math problem for the Heat as far as like, I don't know how much better they can get here. Um, But this is their bounce back game. Like Gabe Vincent also got hit with two to three ticky tack fouls. Um, oh yeah. I, I don't know if that's, you know, Kate say like a cause for things. Um, nah. I, I, there's, I, mean, I, I don't think it affected the game. I mean, I think it affected Miami in the sense. I thought that they were, they were, they were a little bit um, concerned about the refs. I thought Kyle Lowry did a really poor job of that in the second half. He seemed to be looking to the refs for everything. And as he, one of their vet He also leaders, missed a couple really easy passes. So there yeah. was probably like four of these kinds of plays where it was yeah. an easy pass and then like bam as well, but just missing some easy layups Yeah, that I thought, especially because Miami kind of had their foot on the gas early. And I thought if bam hit two of the things, or two of the layups he missed... You know, the crowd would have been into it more. They they would have had a little bit more cushion, a little bit more lead, um, put a little bit more of that seed of doubt in uh, Denver. But that was the that was kind of the thing that characterized even as Denver was pulling away through the end of this the second quarter and then kind of in a straight line through the third and the fourth. There wasn't anything remarkable per se about what Denver was doing. They were playing sort of at baseline, a really good baseline, and then Miami just kind of kept. Like as they made some plays, I thought they made a lot of plays actually in the second half, some big threes to keep it from getting ugly, stuff like yeah. that. But like well, think, they just missed, you know, they missed on the margins, and it just kept going and kept going. And another thing, and I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they're going to see it in the film, but like when Gordon and you know Christian Brown, oh, when they Christian they Brown. have abandoned. When when that when that zone hits, they are abandoning any sort of even attempt to shoot a three, and they are just cutting hard. And there's really like you when you play a zone, you want long passes and long shots. 
That's what you want. So when, when the team just says, uh-uh, we're just cutting, we're not settling for those, mm-hmm. and you have a guy like Jokic in the middle that's going to make the right pass. I mean, how many times did they get it to Jokic? Either he dropped the dime to one of those guys, or it went. They, he ball faked, and it went back to, to Jamal Murray shooting like a 10-footer. I mean, that's... You know, you almost can't go to it. You know, you're almost you're almost just hoping that like the the Denver guys hit a couple of threes early, and then when you go to the zone, they kind of say we're hot. Let us keep shooting. You know, because because if if they're gonna play, if Denver is gonna destroy that zone like that, you can't ever bring it back. I, I mean, I, that, that was pitiful. The the, the so they're actually it was funny because JVG was going off about the zone being a good thing and. You know that they're starting later in the clock and blah 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 blah. And you're right, they got annihilated. I think what happened is Denver was sick of being beat by that zone in game two, and then they schemed for it. And now, if you're Miami, you have to now say like what they didn't do is they didn't force those guys to become shooters and cut those lanes off. You know, sort of pre-rotate to the cut. Right. Right. And and, and it, say, all right, if Brown's going to beat me from three, fine. You know, if Gre- they were very afraid of the three-point line, kind of like all game long, um, Miami was. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was trying to figure out some paths to victory. That's probably a great way to close this this show out, um, is like paths to victory for Miami. And, and a couple things struck me. I, I think their second unit can compete really well with Denver. Um, the, uh, the Christian Brown stuff. So man, um, that guy plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's trying to dunk on people. He's pissed at his teammates when they don't, he, he, Jeff Green missed three assignments in that game that were so bad. And one of them, Christian Brown looked at him like, what the hell are you doing, man? I was just laughing. I was like, first year, 20th year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yelling at him. Um, he's got an attitude on him. Um, but like though, like green for whatever reason was not, he was just asleep at the wheel on assignments. Um, you know, if you can get, I don't know if you can get a repeat of that, you know, that seems fairly rare. Um, but like Brown, the, the, the two Browns, I mean, Brown, I'm not, I don't think Bruce Brown is going to play bad really much at all. Um, but if you can get a lineup that's looking like Gordon Porter, you know, I know they try to keep one of Jokic and Murray on the floor at all times, 44 and 45 minutes there. Um, and that might be something that Miami can can tap into. That's a big workload and a, and a two day turnaround um, or one day off. Um, you know, KCP can kind of get into that mix. The team becomes less dangerous and Miami isn't exactly, you know just unstoppable but i think they have enough good players to where they could play well on that side of the floor um is there anything in the path to to, what what do you think miami needs to do you know to think and and i'll pin this i I think it's a must-win game if you agree it's a must-win game what do they got to do in in game four to make that happen Uh... yeah i think they have to be a little more sparing with the zone like almost like a i don't know Every other play, you know, like you, you've Eric Spolster is going to have to be a kind of a defensive coordinator if they're going to use it. If Denver's going to play it the same way, um, I just don't think they can go like heavy doses of it at, um, you know, you can't just do it for like three minutes. 
you know, I, I think that they figured out what they're doing and um, that will be a recipe to easy shots. So I think that to be a little more sparing with the zone, um, people have to hit shots. I mean, they, it's, it's really tight margins. I mean, they just don't really, they're just, I mean, I said it when we were doing our predictions, I just think Denver is so much better than them. And it's really, they need, you know, continue with bad Porter. They need, um, there's nothing they could do with Jokic, really. I thought, you know, making him, you know, a big-time scorer is the best path. They might have to go with, um, they might have to go Jimmy for, like, almost the whole time on, on Jamal Murray. You, you know, they, they really have to take away something something from him. Like, just, he can't get cleanly into the paint. You know, because he's just everything's working. Floaters with both hands, fadeaways. You know, there's just really nothing effortless, that, really. Yeah, so they they have to. Someone and Jimmy, I think, does a really good job. I think when he scores, it's really really tough when it's against Jimmy. And so, like, I think that he's gonna have to take that on. Now, what that's gonna do to his offense. You know, well, it's probably going to hurt it. But I think that you can – I think as long as he stays aggressive, you know, I, he's got to stay aggressive and get into the lane, you know, look to look to get in aggressively and pass, and the guy's got to hit shots. I mean, it's just, it's just hitting shots. Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent, uh, Martin, Lowry's got to really jack that pace up when he comes in against that second unit. I think that's when they're, that second unit's really thriving, um, which is funny that the oldest guy, you know, is the one that is driving a good pace for them. But um, – they just have to be great at all the things we've talked about. And, and they still might lose. I mean, they, they barely won game two. <laughs> like, you mean, that, was, that was what was crazy. It's like they still – Denver had a shot to win that – to uh, tie that thing up, you know, in the last second. So um, it's going to be – every single win for them is going to be a tough one. I'm looking at really Duncan tough. Robinson, Highsmith. I think Highsmith is good. See, I thought that he should like. I thought that he he should have got more time last game. Yeah, like he's clearly he's he's, a, he's, he's kind long. of a, he's long. He he's a guy that is like the antithesis of uh, who we were talking about, but of Porter Jr. He makes an effect on the game. He's cutting. He's hitting the offensive glass. He gets you know even if he doesn't bring it in, he gets a tip. You know he he runs hard like. I was really surprised at his minutes last game, quite honestly. I, I'm looking at I, – I didn't see Haslam's shot yet. I, I cut the film in about two minutes of the fourth quarter. <laughs> Haslam got a shot? That's great. <laughs> Go old men. Go old men. Uh, yeah, no, I'm looking at the – I mean, Duncan Robinson at home. Look, you're at home. You have one more game at home at, at minimum. Yeah. you you yeah. got to get these role players going. Yeah, it's the Struess threes. It's the Robinson threes and Butler has to be aggressive. Like it's good to see that it's back, you yeah. know, um, and because you just got to you got to make them earn it on the defensive side. And and I appreciate yeah. what they've done. You know, he and Bam and I really just appreciate the four of them for going out and, and not kind of shying away from that and, and really saying, all right, we're going to win this. I got to beat their two best players. Both right. sides have, have been doing that. Um, Kevin Love, I probably, I wouldn't be surprised if you just saw, these are interchangeable pieces. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but like Martin and Love switch. Martin into the starting lineup, Love onto the bench. 
using that as a change up and then um, maybe even starting to attack KCP a little bit. I know sure. that Butler was doing that and, and taking him down to the block, which was good. Yeah. Um, you know, heaven forbid he starts playing well, you know, if you're Miami. Yeah. You, yeah. You, to your point about there being overall talent level, like you just the margins are so thin for Miami. They got to have all their guys play basically above baseline right. and have a Denver player or two suck. Yeah. And you got to take yeah. out one of you got to either make Jokic a score and or do what you described by using Jimmy to take out Jamal Murray. And, and by takeout, just making his percentage a little bit lower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Entire I mean amount. And maybe get into his head a bit. I mean, we've seen Jamal Murray kind of lose it. I mean, what was it? I forget um, which series was this. Uh, it, was, uh, it was Phoenix. They, yeah. He was it's like. bad games, yeah. I remember the, there was one game that was completely still alive. Like, it was not a dead game. It, yeah. it was not over. And he was like kind of looking at the ground because he was pissed at something. I didn't, there was many things I couldn't figure out which thing he was pissed about, but he was like looking at the ground and a guy just drove by him. And then that ended the game. Yeah. It was like, Oh, Jamal, yeah. eh, that's not so good, buddy. Um, <laughs> at any rate. Uh, okay. So uh, I've got my money on Denver for game four. What do you got? I think so. It's a must win for Miami, but I, you know, I had I had a Denver in five, so I'm sticking with it. I mean, they they have to because if they could somehow find a way, all the pressures on Denver for Game Five. You know that that is a pressure cooker that we will really find out what if they if Miami can find some way to bring to get this one in, then we will really find out what Denver's made of because. I mean, I'm rooting for it because I want to see a good series. Um, but uh, well, Miami yeah, it, is that team, and it ain't nothing about three point variance, freaking nerds. Like, <laughs> nah, I'm talking about a specific group of people that want to make this series about the make or miss aspect of it all. It's a no. make or miss league. It's a make or miss league, man. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I I I think they needed game three bad. They didn't. It sometimes comes down to just the littlest things. Like I really think like if, if Bam had made a couple of those shots early on in the first quarter, it would have been just a tiny bit different. Um, right. But you know, it, yeah, Miami is that team that can in the face of it, not appearing possible. They can sometimes do it. And you're right. If they went back to Denver, you're looking at a lot of pressure on Michael Porter jr. You know, those, those yeah. kinds of players, Right. I think if it goes back 3-1, Michael, you can just, like, we're going to go two games in the future now. Michael right. Porter Jr., 24 points, six threes. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he's know? just going to be free as a bird, yep. you know. <laughs> not to, But now you're like, all that pressure. And if he goes back 2-2. Two, two, and if he sucks in game four, it's like a lock in game five. Sure, sure. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah no, so I, I'm, I'll put it this. I have so much in the futures market for the Heat. That like if I lose this bet, if if it goes two two, if we get to watch a possible game seven, you know I'm for the Heat winning this game, <laughs> even if it hurts my my bet tonight. I'm completely fine with it. I'll watch this game like I did last night's game, as free as a barn swallow. And I don't even know what that a means. Barn swallow. Well, that's something. Yeah. That's a, right. that's an old commercial right there. So we got our predictions in. Um, I don't think either of us are predicting a heat victory. Let's see if we can do some quick hitting coach stuff. I'll say a yeah. name. You tell me your thoughts. 
Nick Nurse. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, he's a good coach. I, I, I'm, I'm for the, I'm for the hire. I just, if they really are interested in keeping James Harden, I don't understand it. I mean, the guy clearly has no intent. I mean, the, the idea that he's considering the, 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 the idea that the, the choices are Philly or Houston just tells you what James Harden thinks about winning. So <laughs> tells you what he um, thinks about Houston. <laughs> But like, uh, there are thirty women in Houston that are really rooting for this man. <laughs> but um, you know, he knows how to coach. He is not the easiest guy to get along with. I think he could be good for Embiid, but like, you know, uh, just let let Harden let Harden walk and uh, and move on. And I think it'll be good. I think it's gonna be a <laughs> hilarious mess. I think Nick Nurse is difficult. You know, a difficult genius. Um, and uh, I think. So is Joel Embiid in certain ways. Uh, I think they could clash. I think they could work well. I, it's like well, they'll, they'll clash. No, no, no doubt they'll clash. There, there's not. A, I don't know a place that that uh, he can go. Maybe if he was coaching Milwaukee or something. Maybe with Giannis as the the best player. Giannis. You know, there's a, but like I, Giannis is a gift from God. Like he's he's, he's gonna Embiid. Anybody that's gonna that's gonna coach. Joel Embiid, get ready because you're gonna have to get after him. He, he's perfectly fine with taking, you know, 15 minutes. Nikola off Jokic <laughs> is what Joel Embiid could be if he sure. had his head screwed on straight. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> They're so similar in so many different ways, except maybe the passing. I don't know. Definitely not the passing. Yeah, definitely not the passing. The uh, the but the the Nick Nurse thing is to me that was a great move for them. I liked it. I think it's hilarious at the same time. And I felt bad that he had to say, yeah, we really want James Harden. <laughs> you know that dude does not want James Harden anywhere near his basketball team. He had no. to go to the camera and say Absolutely. that. And then he had Absolutely. to go take like 10 showers afterwards. Yeah, right. Uh, here's a name. Monty. Monty Williams. Um, yeah, it was pretty positive that he was going to be taking a year off. Um, but, you know, that was a... We're just going to like dump 15 Brinks trucks in front of your house and you're going to coach our team. I think well, that they're the, a big f- assist from Phoenix Suns owner, Matt Ishba, who's going to pay like yeah. 20 mil of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, but still I minus the 20, that would be 52 million. Yeah. That yeah, they gave big, Monty. It's a big ticket. I think what they're looking for is, you know, I think he's a good coach. I think what they're looking for is stability and character. Yeah. Um, to lead those are good organization. Yeah. You know, <laughs> to lead, yeah. A guy that's not a lunatic who cares about people, cares about his players, um, a former player that, I mean, you just don't hear anybody say, I really hate Monty Williams. <laughs> you know, What's like, interesting no about it. You just went with Dwayne Casey for what? Was he there for four years, three years? For at least four, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, they've done the continuity thing. They've done a and big name just, coach. He moved up, right. He, he moved to the, he's there still. Right. Yeah, I think he's done with coaching. Um, he's done with coaching, but he's still, you know, in, with the organization. So, um, but yeah, I but mean, the, the, like it's weird that Detroit is kind of doing it right. Like, and, <laughs> and then as far as um, I mean, maybe they can get Corey Joseph off the floor. I don't know, uh, but like they give money enough money to where he's got three years at this thing, kind of yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Like he could just go lay on the middle of the floor and they'd have to play over him and he wouldn't right. get fired for the first three years. Right. Um, so that he's going to get a chance to, to put the culture in. 
And I think Dwayne Casey probably did a fine job before that, you know, yeah, with culture. Yeah. I, I didn't notice. I mean, I, I, I didn't watch a ton of them. I didn't see them not playing hard under Dwayne Casey. It's not like, you know, they just did a. No, it's just a player's just, issues. And, yeah. and they've got, you know, decent young talent. So right. yeah. I like I loved it. I think Monty. Yeah. And the best part about it is I don't think Monty cares about the money. Like, I think no. he cares more about the, the security. Right. And it was yes. a, it was too hard to to pass up. So I loved right. it for both sides. Um, all right. Here's a name. Uh, flipping through my list. Of stuff. No, let's go. Griffin. Do you know any? I don't know anything about Adrian Griffin. <laughs> um, just a you know former hard nosed workaholic role player as a player. Those guys tend to get it. I don't. Off the top of my head, I can't remember what stars he's played with. Um, but again, like Milwaukee, you have a very easy star to coach. You know, <laughs> it's so an it's interesting a, choice for them, right? Like. You got a big, uh, big name team. I, yeah, I mean, like some you must of these really guys, like Adrian Griffin. I'm say, say again. They must really like him, Griffin. Yeah, I mean, he's he was there before as an assistant, and then I think like, you know, some of these guys. I mean, he's been an assistant forever, and he, you know, he's. So I don't think they're worried about the coaching aspect. He understands what it's like to to be a player, and I, I just think that. You know, sometimes there's so much retread on these guys. You know, they keep mm. the same guys get fired and hired, fired and hired. Wait, you're saying they shouldn't? A, they should have hired Doc Rivers? No, they shouldn't have. You know, <laughs> like I, I mean, it's nothing. No knock on Doc. I just think that if you're moving forward, you know, like it hasn't. I, I think it's a fine move. I don't know anything about the guy, but just, it's kind of like, you know, Darvin Ham and these guys. Like he's been around enough coaches. <laughs> to have just a wealth of information, you know, game situations and stuff. And he's, he's going to be tough. He's going to get after guys. I mean, I think it's a good, I think it's a good fit. And, you know, having Giannis there as a leader makes it a lot easier. You know, there's, you can't replace youth. Like, and what I mean by that, like, you know, the retread thing, you know, basically kind of expanding upon that point, like to get somebody in there, late thirties is a little too young for NBA coaching, uh, generally speaking. Um, but like early forties, yeah. you know, like th this is energy is hard to come by at, at these ages, let alone right, later right. ages. Right. And so, I mean, and if you watch these NBA finals, one of the most fascinating things is watching Michael Malone and Eric Spolstra on the sidelines yeah. coaching, yeah. not this, Freaking, and I, I was going to say George Carl, but I'll, then I stopped myself and I'm going to say it again. Not just standing on the sideline or sitting in a chair, right. you know, letting your assistants do everything or whatever right. it is. Like they're out there right. barking signals, like right. in a defensive stance. Like, right. yeah, that's coaching. Absolutely. That's coaching. Yeah, no, that's I'm absolutely. Cause it's a, and, and the people that weighed in on D Darvin Ham too early, they, they look stupid. Like, oh yeah. Oh I my. Mean, <laughs> I didn't. I mean, like, I, I as a Laker fan, I couldn't be happier to have that guy as our coach. <laughs> you know, like, you can hear it in his voice, but just yeah. the moves he made, and so I, I think with Milwaukee, you're absolutely right. This is a veteran team. The knee stuff with Chris Middleton is huge to track over the summer. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's the concern for me. It's not it's not the Adrian Griffin hire. It's the rest. <laughs> you know, that, that's the the concerning stuff for me. Let's um, go. But, um, since we're we're going lightning around here, Vogel. Yeah. 
uh, you know, uh, good coach. I think that they wanted somebody that has a track record with a tough championship. With, well, yeah, the ring helps. I think they wanted somebody that knows how to can manage a, a, a personality or multiple personalities. They I got know. one out of the room. They got one out of the room. Um, and so we'll see. I think, um, I don't know. I, I think that. I think they're doing it right, actually. You, you like the Vogel? To me, it's, it's, it's not a bad move. No, not a bad move. I mean, I don't know who who do you think they could have gotten that would have made more sense, like maybe Nurse or like. Yeah, I mean, I would have liked to. I mean, see... you've already spent you've you've mortgaged the future, so yeah. you, you got to go for whatever you think the best one is, right? Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, Nurse might be a bit too much for them. I wouldn't have for, done Nurse for them for for for, for Phoenix. Um, you know, Durant and Booker. Um, no, Nurse might... is an erratic coach, man. Like, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I think I, he's I, a genius. I think it's you know when you come from the, the the his path to the NBA, yeah, you know people, you know it's there's nothing wrong with valuing possessions, you know. Like whenever people say like, oh, this guy's losing it on this, or this guy's losing it on that, teams lose by one possession all the time. <laughs> so like a coach that's harping on details and effort on a possession it's just one but yeah you could lose by just one so i'm not like say a guy is like a bad coach or needs to do this or just needs to like calm down i mean like I, you know i, I when when is it when does he what, what what time in the game does he get to take off you know, that's what I would, that's, that's my question. Speaking what, like much, a true coach right now. I love that. I, I, I am. I'm biased. I'm biased. But like, what, what time of the games does, does he get to not make calls? And does he just get to let it ride? See what happens. You know what I mean? Like he, he's, he's just demanding what, what he's doing. And so, you know, I, I'm not a, I, maybe he could tone it down and that'll probably come with the more years he's in the league. But, um, yeah, Vogel's fine. He needs some Vogel's low fine. T is what he needs. Huh? <laughs> he needs he needs low T is there what he needs. Go. There you go. We'll see. I don't I just don't think they have any depth. I mean I, I don't Oh yeah, you know, no, the know depth that. issue and and they're gonna find out that that trade was uh, that's a iffy trade, you know. Uh, go shoot for the moon. I'm I'm all for that. Um I think getting rid of CP three was huge. Like you need to fashion this team around the two big guys, two stars. Yeah. And, yeah. and 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 probably get rid of Aiton as well. Like, I, I yeah, coming because I think you could yeah that, that could be coming. Like there's just a tech there's a um, uh, chemistry issue I think brewing in Phoenix yeah. with with Aiton. Yeah, but I mean you really you've just now cleaned the deck and you've said I've got two stars and nothing else and you know it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. You know, like do they try the two, two injury prone stars. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of question marks, but you know, hey, it's 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 fun to have that team in the NBA that just did right. the thing, and you're like, all right, it's cool, but <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna work. Um, all right, cause we've hit the hour mark. Uh, we hit all the things on our list to talk about. Is there anything else you would like to say? Where do you think CP3 is landing? I know everybody's <laughs> talking about the Lakers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'd rather not, but, you know. 
Uh, well, that's, a, that's an interesting thing. His value is as low as it could get, and so somebody can get him. And I just think if you can maybe have that moment with him where you go, look, man, this is what we need. Yeah. He's not a – like, for a guy that could put the numbers up that he puts up, he's not a – he can't – his body can't take it, right? So become so a – yeah. He's got to be – dude, we want you to play 45 to 50 games – 18 to 20 minutes. That's it, bro. Yeah. That's you. You can't like. When was the last time the guy finished the season? I guess at the finals. That was a couple years ago. I mean, I'd, I'd venture to guess. <laughs> like, I mean, he used to get hurt when he was young. There's it. Yes, and there is. <laughs> but there's also more than that. It's like, it's the two things can be true thing where he can be spectacular. You know, whatever. We've seen it, even yeah. as recently as two years in the playoffs ago. Right. Or, or last year's playoffs, like, I mean, practically taking over series. Right. So there's that. But like the, the, the kind of the intangible that he puts into his teams is neurotic. It's, you know, kind of like schizophrenic in certain ways. It's floppy. You know, it's, you know, it's yeah. like it, it does all these other things that, you know, it depends on who the team is, if they're going to completely take the shape of a Chris Paul but I would say, look, if you can bring him in and be like, hey, all that stuff, no more. No more. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He's kind of a problem. Like, and, you know, you know, Charles Barkley's favorite line is Chris Ball's the best leader. I don't know that that's true. And I, I've never known that to be true. <laughs> um, I think that he's a, a bit of a dictator that, you know, you know, tries to find shortcuts at very weird times um just is i think he's a little clicky mm. you know I, you know mm -hmm. i think that he just like you get in his doghouse guys that he needs you know it's one thing for lebron to be a, a, a to do that to be like you're in my uh, lebron or kobe or Jordan or whoever, because those guys were athletic freaks and are way bigger, but he needs all the help that he can get. So like a guy not doing his job, a couple of plays for you to be like, well, he's never getting the ball again. You still need that guy, <laughs> you know, like you still need him. So yeah, he has to have a big come to Jesus moment if he wants to win and he's in he, a good team is willing to take him. There has to be a like, bro, it hasn't worked for you. This mm. is what you, you, your whole thing, you're going to walk into the Hall of Fame as far as the ring, it has not worked. <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to have to do a lot of things different. And I don't know at this time, I mean, can you teach that old of a dog, a very old successful dog, new tricks? I don't know. <laughs> That's a fascinating question. We'll see. It, I mean, it's not it's rare that that kind of piece is going to be available out yeah. there you know for such a, a potentially low cost i mean and that might be the other fun thing about this is chris paul yeah. gonna be like nah i'm still expensive yeah see that's the thing <laughs> that's the thing i mean yeah if he if he signs somewhere for you know whatever the i mean he's i mean how much money is state farm paying him i mean for crying out loud seriously yeah i mean he's <laughs> got to have a good a, 500 a, mil and he's Somewhere. a smart guy. He's got all these great investments, you know, with a lot of the like plant-based companies and this and that. Like, it, it, he's on top of it. He cannot be thinking about money in this situation. <laughs> but what if he, he really does? Can't. I mean, no. I, because I, I, I mean, think about it. if you want to win and you're Chris Paul, I will play for the veteran minimum. Yeah. 
because I need you to be spending money on the Caleb Martins of the world yes. or whoever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's there for you, you Chris Paul. Don't you kind of need two other guys that can do what he does or, you know, fill that position? Yeah. Yeah. Because you got to have him for only like the 40 games. And then you have to have only for like 20 minutes out of that 40 games. It's a terrible idea, but you should like pair. He and Kyle Lowry should like morph into <laughs> the 40 year old uh, Sturgeon or something. I don't know. I couldn't find up anything that that rhymed with virgin fast enough. <laughs> and if Kyle Lowry hadn't won a championship, that would have worked a lot better. The 40 year old right? Virgin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This show's officially hit the rails. Uh, okay uh, you can follow us on totally healthy and not hate based platforms Facebook and Twitter facebook.com <laughs> click a famous person's tweet and see how many right wing hate groups you can read with a blue check right after it at twitter.com slash kozandbru show Facebook.com slash the first true hate based platform to make it. Trump's like, Trump's like, no man, ours is haterist. We we hate more. <laughs> you think you hate? You think you hate? Wait till you have to say about female unwed mother Jewish people. <laughs> uh, uh, what a world we live in. Yes, what a, world what a wonderful world. Okay, guys. Um, we're going to see you guys at some point in time, hopefully before the end of the season. Another one's at the books. Peace. Peace. <laughs>